The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome to my podcast, One and All. What you're hearing now, I just did about a three-minute intro and all the while talking, 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 and just thinking to myself, yes, I don't like this. Don't like it. But I just couldn't stop. I couldn't. I was addicted to the intro. I was introdicted is what the technical term for that is. Finally, I just had to put the kibosh on it. Just pull the plug. Got to start over. So here's what you're hearing now. This is hopefully, oh, please be the final intro because I can't keep doing this. I'm going to age severely. If you're just joining me, I uh, don't know what to tell you. Here's what, here's what you should do. Go back and listen to old episodes. What you'll hear is, um, even when I have guests, this, is, this podcast was crafted from day one with, with this idea in mind, to help people live a happier and healthier life, to understand what really that means for them, to get past this kind of like, tell me what to do, and, and, and instead communicate, hopefully effectively, a message of that it is in you. More on this in this particular episode, but it episode, but it is in you. And I would want to, I just kind of want to be the guy who says, Hey, I'm going to just kind of show you the uh, guide you along, but not give you the answers because they're there for the taken by you. So again, um, if you're just joining me, you're going to hear much more about that. I'm a certified nutritionist, small steps, coach, author, uh, obviously podcaster and YouTuber. <clears throat> these days is what I'm doing. So yeah, I'm glad you guys are all here and I hope you had a good week. Uh, it is Labor Day weekend in 2017 if you're uh, not listening to this right now. And um, yeah, not much to say about that other than my sister and her kids came up, which was really fun because the cousins love each other and family. And if you're thinking, well, how does this relate to health and happiness? Because socializing does. In my first book, Approaching the Natural a Health Manifesto, a lot of talk there about socialization. And I mean actual not virtual, not Facebook, not anything that even rhymes with Facebook, but just being next to each other physically, the whole dopamine kind of thing. Yeah, got it? Okay. Um, and serotonin, all those hormones that are kind of like giving us the good vibes. Well, we get those things when we are with people and when we feed our bodies well and when we keep our stress low and when we are more in touch with the, the really who we are in this picture, we, we get those good feelings. It's what I've described in this podcast many a time is this kind of like that just feels right. That's a real thing in our bodies. It's, it, it makes sense. And, it's, and I argue that that comes most often when we are living on our terms. When we, are, when we do something and say something that is so reflective of, of our true values, regardless of how we've been acting even 10 minutes before, when we do these actions and, and, and say these things that are in line with who we are, it is just locks in. It's the zone that you've heard. He was in the zone. She was in the zone. That's what that is. It's that just that beyond words kind of like I'm in it now. I'm in the Death Star and I kind of went down there and I went into the little track thing. And that's the technical term. And I just drove my, I drove the X-Wing. I didn't even fly it. I just drove it because with a steering wheel right to the end and shot the th bullet in the thing. Yeah, I've seen Star Wars a few times. Okay, you think you're wondering why I'm making a reference to Star. The episode title, "The Force Awakens." They can't copyright that title. I'm using it for my for my own good, as it were. 
a couple quick uh, announcements. And I'm back from North Carolina, had a great trip, um, but it always takes me a few days to sort of get back into things. I got a, like a like a super long thing of um, emails and you know how it is. So now I'm kind of hit my stride again. I'm the, the book, Raising Health, my next book, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family is is in my hands. I got advanced copies. It's very exciting. I was in North Carolina and they came... Jeff Stanford texted me, goes, these showed up. And it was like, they had the first group they got. They wanted to get them to me by the time I went to North Carolina, but I missed it by a day. Did I mention this last week? I have no idea. How'd you guys enjoy the Doug Hay episode last week? Was that cool? Doug's a dude. Um, Anyway, but now, so I got home and I just went to the inn the next day and I walked into the gift shop and where Jeff's selling them. And uh, and I just pick up this pop copy and I'm like, this is the thing. Because the other thing I showed in the video a few weeks ago was an advanced copy. It wasn't the final. It wasn't corrected. The cover, it was digitally printed. Like it wasn't the real deal. This was the real deal. And it was something, something special to hold this thing. It's been a long time coming, as you can imagine. And just super cool to just, they did it. The publisher did a phenomenal job. I mean, I've been getting such good feedback on the design and the feel and the look of it. And it... It's just so cool. I mean, it's just you. I'm just holding this thing, and now I have no idea how it's going to go in the marketplace. But the publish date was September 19th. Um, but then I noticed on Amazon that it says September 26th. I have not reached out to my publisher to find out what the a- actual answer is, but I do know that it's available for pre-order. I, and and I do urge everybody to pre-order it. Period. But also, if you're going to order it anyway, pre-order helps um, the the whole thing. And I'm going to do a special add-on thingamajig. Um, I think that means if you pre-order and email, I'll give you all the details another time, but if you pre-order and email me the receipt or proof that you pre-ordered it, you'll get this like special thing, this exclusive thing back. So um, even before I make that announcement, you can do that now. And when you hear the announcement, just shoot me the, um, even if you've already ordered it, just, just shoot me the receipt or some sort of proof and I'll email you back more details on that. But you know, I'm trying to kick up the numbers before it actually hits the store's uh, shelves and online store, all that kind of crap, you know, right? SidGarzaHillman.com is where you find me. Um, And all the social media things that I don't do, our links are on there. And you can donate to the podcast, you can buy Approaching the Natural merchandise, you can put your email into my mailing list and get a free chapter of my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto. And, you know, get announcements and things like that. There's things coming, you know, there's stuff coming. I always thought I'd do a newsletter. Just don't, don't. I've never done it. Don't want to. Mm. Every moment I want, I would devote to a newsletter is a moment that I could be shooting and editing videos and or making notes on this podcast. That's how I feel right now. Um, I'm pretty busy. I don't, this is not my full-time job. I run a wellness center and do this. So these are, I I, these are like multiple things that I do and running smallsteppers.com. That's a job and it's a kick-ass job. You know how I know? Cause I'm having a great time with it. And I think I could be projecting that people are having a good time with it too. That's smallsteppers.com, a 12 week program. I should probably, you know, craft a length, like a a 12-week program, blah, 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 blah. I don't have that. I'm just going to ad-lib every week. Here's what it is. Daily emails, weekly videos, weekly live Q&As every week. And that is incredible. Blow, it's blowing my mind. The, the live Q&As are blowing my mind. Here's why. I don't think I've got one single question yet about protein, calories, 
nothing, like nothing. The questions are amazing. They're about finding passion. They're about adventure. They're about self-criticism and judgment. They're about feeling locked down. They're about feeling stressed. All the things that are just the, the, the very, the stuff, I mean, the actual stuff, the actual struggles embodied in these things, not in Freaking fat grams. They're just not. That's a that's a that's a offshoot of of a of a of a certain level of stress in your life. And what people are asking me about isn't what should I eat? They're asking, what are the what is your advice on how to get to the point where I can make a change in my diet that is gonna be long lasting, or a change in my movement that's gonna be long lasting, or there's gonna be a change in my socializing or my family life or my artistic life that is going to be long lasting. The small steppers question is at the end of every question is, how do I eat better? so that it's long lasting. That, that's the small steppers thing. If you just wanna know how to lose weight, how do I lose weight and make it long lasting? That, that's the small steppers thing because we are long view people. We are long view people. What I'm seeing here, and this is real, I mean, if you're interested in smallsteppers.com, do it, it's incredible. There's just nothing like it. Um, but, but again, I'm coming here, this is 207 episodes, and I'm talking about my small steps approach every week. Do you have to do smallsteppers.com? No, of course not. If you want to go deeper, then then go deeper. But but I'm finding with regard to the smallsteppers.com, but also just this podcast on my YouTube channel, is I just see this kind of cool community building people who are thinking about their lives in a different way, in, in, in a brand new way maybe to them, in a way that is finally saying I'm done with, and this is kind of why, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I, I see a sort of a demographic forming. I'm like, I'm not hitting big with the 20 year olds. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not a 16 year olds in high school across the country aren't like, man, you know what? I love smallsteppers.com because it's long view, teaches me really long-term behavioral sustainable changes in my life. Oh, I got to text somebody else right now. You know, it's, it's that's just not my thing, but I am finding this kind of cool, like 30 and beyond kind of been through some crappy yo-yo dieting and just you know, the, they've, they've, they've seen the excitement so many times. It's like the person who's like, crush after crush. I got a crush on this pen. Yeah, he's the one. She's the one. It's amazing. Oops, a year later, it's broken up. Well, do it again. I'm going to do it again. This could be the real one. This is the, this is the time it's going to, oh, that one fell apart. Also, diet. Oh, my God, that looks amazing. 21 pounds in, in, in two days. 21 pounds in two days? And they just give you a free chainsaw and you just you just cut things off your body and you lose 21 pounds. It's a and it is sustainable, Sid. Um, but you're you know what's not sustainable is you're walking around because you only have one leg. Uh, eventually at that point, people go like, you know, I'm done. I'm done with this kind of stuff, and I, now I want to get nuts and bolts. I want to see what what I can do to actually make and create my life the way that I've always wanted it deep down, but I haven't even listened to what I'm talking about here in my own head. And it's been shoved to the side by self-criticism and by messaging and by and then in the external world by advertising and coworkers and all this. I'm done. I'm done with this. Now I want to buckle down. Now I want to do the work that I wish I had been doing five years ago, but that's not going to change. So fine, give it to me. And I want it fast. And I, I say to you, you listen to me, you'll get it fast, as fast as possible. As I always say, as fast as possible. Is it 21 days? No, because that's not as fast as possible. If you're talking about long view and long-term sustainable change, quick fixes, get a result that is quicker, but it doesn't stick. So if you're talking about long view, if you're talking about real change for real, it will happen as fast as possible. Why? Because you're in charge of the 
of the amount that you're adding into your life. I talked about this in the last live Q&A um, on Saturday. For some reason, they've just been every Saturday. That's just kind of how it's sussing out. But it's th there is a stress associated with growth, okay? There's a stress associated with growth. I call it adaptive stress, and I'm not the only one. Too little stress, stagnancy. Ugh, can't go, ugh. Too much stress, ugh. Both those things keep you right where you are. They're not going to grow you. I don't care if you're an athlete. You go out and push the crap out of your body every time. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to pl plateau. You don't exercise at all. You're also not going to grow as an athlete. Sam, Sam, you bring in measured amounts of, of stress, measured amounts of physical and mental stress, by the way, in the, even in the athlete realm, and your body is allowed to adjust and adapt so that it becomes your new normal, then you add a little bit more, and so on and so forth. It's the difference between walking in a weight room and putting 300 pounds on the dumbbell versus walking in the weight room, putting 10 pounds on the dumbbell and easing your way up to 300 over six months, eight months, a year, however long it takes. But guess what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be as fast as possible if you do it the right way, which is that you're going to be the person strong enough to lift 300 pounds. We want to cheat that. Ah, I'm going to go in at 300. Somebody told me I could lift 300 pounds in a week. If I do just do this thing and we might, I don't even know how that would happen, but maybe we do, but we get injured. Maybe we do, but we get sick. Maybe we do, but we can't keep it up because we're super stressed at the process and it's freaking miserable and it's not who we are. And we lose, we lose because we never were set to win. And so this community of people is interesting and awesome and inspiring to me because it's, we're all in this together of just like, no more. Like I just, I got it. Like I, I wish it didn't take this much struggle. Maybe we say that in the back of our minds, but we're done trying to change that model. And what we find out of course, in this process is that the struggle, the struggle kind of gets us excited. It's kind of like, Oh, it's like a good day of hard work. And at the end of the day we go, yeah, that was awesome. We don't want to work that hard, but when we do and we're in it, it feels really good and we feel like we've accomplished something and it feels incredible. And it is something that brings us back to the table each time to again, engage in struggle and hard work to craft the lives that we want. That's what I do here every week. That's what I do here every week. I bring you the ideas and hopefully things to think about in the coming week that say, okay, I, I know what's coming. I know the advertising. I know the looking in the freaking magazine at the person that's sculpted because they are freaking sculpted by called photoshop and i'm done beating myself up because i don't look like that person and said i i self-assess and i go yeah i'm not happy with the way i look i mean that's the thing we may not be happy with the way we look i'm okay with that because that's the judgment i talk about self-judgment but that's not you comparing yourself to somebody else or feeling inadequate because you're comparing yourself to a magazine or to even another person that you know it is getting in touch with who you are to say either I'm actually happy with how I look or I'm not and I'm okay being honest with that because I know that I can now engage in steps that allow enough stress to help me get to that point without burning out and not so little stress that I don't make moves in my life. The most common misconception, and I repeat it here often because I really I, it keeps coming up even by people who have listened to my podcast for years. Oh, well, I had to do this thing, but it's, it, it, well, I couldn't small step this thing. It was a huge step. Well, the co most common misconception of my approach is that everybody's small steps are somehow objectively small or that there's this like fixed idea of what is small and that everybody knows what that is. A small step by my definition 
is a step that is of a size that allows you adaptive stress to continue that behavior, that it is not too big for you that will lead to burnout and willpower just sucking you dry or too little vice versa. It is the right amount of step to enable you to make the changes you want. What that means is some people's lives, and again, small steppers consider the entirety of our lives, some people's lives are such that they are able to take on a comparatively massive amount because they are freaking over the model of yo-yo dieting, let's say, and they're like, I am done. I'm 45. I'm freaking done. I'm not a 20-year-old getting swept up into this madness. I see the crap that is out there, and I recognize it as such, and I'm not buying into that anymore. And their small step is going to be massive, comparatively. But for them, it's adaptive stress because it doesn't tip the scale into acute stress, into burnout stress. Dig? And for those of you in that same boat who are like, yeah, I've been doing a, a squat every day, but I just was like, God, it's, I feel like it's not enough. Th- great. That's a sign that you got to bump up your, your, your step. You're doing too little. You stuck at this one little thing and you're complaining because it doesn't deliver you the thing. Well, listen to that complaint and go, you know what? Maybe that's me telling me I'm actually able to take on a small step that is way bigger than the one that I'm currently doing and still maintain that little nice little area that exists, that exists, that's A-X-I-S-T-A-S in case you're wondering, exists, Woo! that exists, E, between stagnancy and burnout. Nice little window, that nice little wedge that you go, I'm gonna sneak, I'm gonna sneak right in here. And what what's in that window changes for each person, you guys. It changes for each person. That's why you will never hear or f- find me delivering do this on day four. I don't do it. I don't do it because that's not my model. Again, training plans, my buddy Matt Frazier and Doug, hey, they've got marathon and ultra marathon training plans. Those are for a specific goal. And yes, that is appropriate for that. Not necessarily necessary. I've done ultra marathons with no training plan at all. But if you want to achieve, you know, a better, you want to do your first one. And I use training plans for my first ultra marathons. Why? Because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Uh, they're necessary, but these are this goal in mind on this date. I'm not talking about that. That's not me. This is not mutually exclusive. It's not either or. It's both. Those are great for what they do. This is my model here, which is I don't tell you what to do on day four because I want you to engage in your life so you know what to do on day four. Better yet, you don't even think day four. You think, what is today? What What's going on today? Can I do the best I can in whatever, whatever happens to me today? Because things are going to happen. It's just a reality. I talked about it last week. Okay. It's just a reality. All right. Um, mm. I'm having a cerveza. It's Labor Day. So Labor Day for me, by the way, if you guys are not in the United States, Labor Day, it's like a holiday, not like a holiday. It's even a holiday for me. It's the one I think for most people, it's like, you know, celebrate labor and they take a day off and it's a rest day. For me, it's the one day of the year that I actually do work. So I, I take a different tech. Why? Because I'm a small stepper. I do things differently. I don't, I break the mold. Okay. This is the the punk rock of of living, small stepping. You heard it here first. Woo. Health Made Simple is a meal plan that I constructed with uh, Matt Frazier. Still don't tell you what to eat on day four. Matt and I, we talked about it in North Carolina. Still don't do that. We do not do that. Nomadathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system. Smallsteppers.com is a way of living, approaching every aspect of your life. Health Made Simple is particular to food. It's highly effective. I will put it that way. Highly effective. 
Um, but it too is, is predicated on a level of engagement by you. If you want somebody to do this for you and deliver you the life you want to live and you're not really involved, do not waste your money on me or Matt or anybody because it ain't going to happen for you. If you are ready to be engaged, but in a way that, again, is in that nice little window of adaptive stress, then smallsteppers.com teaches you the way of approaching any aspect of your life. And Health Made Simple teaches you the nuts and bolts of healthy eating in, in the most simplistic, regular, anybody can do it way. Dig? Okay. More on that, you know, whatever. I run the Wellness Center at the Stanford Inn, stanfordinn.com. There is maybe one or two spaces open for the retreat in September uh, 21st, which is phenomenal. Go to stanfordinn.com. I think there's two spaces open. Stanfordinn.com. Sign up for that thing. It's going to be super fun. Trail runs, cooking classes, nutrition classes, gardening classes. Yes. In about a week... A um, little over a week, I'll be heading down to Los Angeles. I think that's how it's pronounced. I lived there for 20 years. I don't, I don't know. Los Angeles? Los Angeles? Like September 16th and 17th, cavegfoodfest.com, California Veg Food Fest. On October 1st, a mere 13 days after that or so, I will be at the World Veg Fest in San Francisco, worldvegfestival.com. These are where I'm speaking, by the way. Two weeks after that, Portland, Oregon, Northwest Veg Fest, nwveg.org slash vegfest. Then, uh, two weeks after that, I mean, this is like the craziness of the rest of this year, SoCal Veg Fest, October 28th and 29th in Costa Mesa, SoCalVegFest.org. And then four days after that, Tampa Bay Veg Fest, Tampa Bay Veg Fest, sorry, <laughs> Tampa Bay Veg Fest.org over there in, in Florida. And then in January, Healthy World Sedona, January 20th and 21st, healthyworldsedona.com. So there's uh, six or so speaking engagements between now and um, the middle of January. That's good. Nice and busy. And I love speaking into groups and into groups. I like speaking into groups. I posted a new video this morning on YouTube as fate would have it weighed in on the whole idea of destiny and fate. I know, heavy for YouTube? Well, maybe, but I try to... I. I do a little vloggy, I do a little family, I do a little this, a little that, a little ba-boom, a little ba-bing, and then I kind of whip in a little, just a little philosophy, just a little nugget to discuss and to think, kind of like this podcast, but condensed into five minutes. Mm. Mm. And there we are. A lot of a lot of what I do here for real is just kind of giving you guys things to think about uh, during the week. That is a goal. I can't say that I that that was the way when I crafted this. I wasn't like, I'm going to do a podcast where people think about, I give the people to things to think about, but that's what it's become. And when I talked about that community, it's just a very cool, you know, I, I, I know this because of the emails I get um, from people who are listening to this podcast. Now I know even more deeper from the smallsteppers.com live Q and A's. Um, it's kind of cool. It's, it's a very interesting model uh, that I always knew. And it's this community of people who are not robots. We're not all thinking alike. We're not all following the same diet. We're not all following the same training plan. We're not all trying to do this race or this thing or become this. We're all trying to craft our version of our ideal life and and understanding two things, that it's going to take time to get there and we may never get there. And it doesn't matter because we are, we are embracing the struggle and work of our lives and finding meaning along the way. That is profound and uh, previously maybe out of a realm of possibility for us. And now we're seeing it. We're seeing it. And it's so, so good and so, so awesome. 
And, uh, and that's the community. I don't want robots. I don't want, I want people who think for themselves, not because Sid told me that I should do the, the questions are great. Like, what do you think? And I, and I, and I'm talking about the system of like, okay, well here on your steps, let's try this and decrease that or maybe increase that. But it's always like, look at your whole life. I'm not saying, okay, here's your next step. I don't do that. So it's very cool to see people engaging on this way. Am I turned on by? Yes, because I wanted to make sure that it means I did something right because people aren't saying, okay, this is all good small steps, but but seriously, how many grams of protein per day? Not one question. So it means to me that they're getting it. And it's like, that's the coolest thing ever. And so anyway, I'm very excited about it. I keep going to revisit that. But that's this, that's this podcast to you guys. The emails I'm getting aren't really specifically to nutrition hardly ever. They're really about how they've used people you guys have used this approach to you know improve your lives in a multitude of ways incredibly moving and awesome so you know, whatever Ooh. um what i was thinking about is and this and this goes by the way toward the sort of idea of engagement of self assessment um we often i'll put it this way the way to gauge if you're feeling good in your body. Because sometimes we, I think we don't know, here's what happens a lot of times. When we start feeling better, we kind of look back and go, holy crap, I haven't been feeling well this whole time, <laughs> you know? And <clears throat> and instead, a small stepper says, okay, well, let me look at sort of the telltale signs. This is what I mean by listening to your body. I know that's the popular, listen to your body. I don't think people listen to their bodies at all, even people who say they do, because a body speaks via uh, soreness in the joints, uh, not sleeping well, inflammation of any kind, uh, you know, be belly, you know, fat around your midsection, you're getting sick, you can't, you're fatigued during the day. This is how you know if you're not feeling well. And that can be your normal and it's sort of start, it's hard to see that, except that when you're a small stepper, you grab moments. And in these moments, you learn to oh, I notice things that you just haven't had the time. Nobody that I've ever worked with or heard from this podcast is unintelligent. Not one person. Everybody is super intelligent and 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 functional and doing great in their lives in terms of like showing up to work and all these kinds of things. But when we grab moments and we being me too, when we grab moments, those are the moments where we realize that of some things that are not working for us and we develop the strength in ourselves to recognize when things are not working for us. That is a a massive undertaking. We, on top of all the struggles of the life that we live in this modern world, we don't then want to say, oh, and by the way, I have to admit that this thing is not working for me. What a pain in the ass. I'd rather convince myself that it's working so I don't have to deal with that on top of everything else, right? Mentally, you're irritable. You're not in a good mood. You find yourself, you know, just kind of here. And what I was thinking is, it's, it's, small steppers, again, we have this long view, don't we? We look at our, our, our most of the time. If you feel, fantastic, but it's only a short period of time. If you are super in a good mood, but it's only a short period of time, you probably just did a line of cocaine. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's probably what you did. I can't, I don't know for sure. I'm just saying there's a good chance you just did a line of cocaine and you're saying, Sid, I'm fantastic right now. I have no inflammation. I literally climbed the side of a brick building and, and I had no problem. And I was in a great mood doing it. So I don't need your small steps approach. And I just want to say, like, okay, but then see me in five minutes because then we'll really talk about your life and maybe how you can take steps to improve it your most of the time so that you're feeling pretty darn good most of the time. That's the long view. Is that an extreme line of cocaine, kind of the extreme quick fix? Yeah, but by degrees, guys, because a lot of the excitement and things that we get wrapped up in in these programs that we undertake that are promising massive physical 
and and emotional and whatever results in a short amount of time are kind of like a line of cocaine. I'm just that look, that's a little bit of extreme, but it's kind of like that. Kind of like that. I'm just saying it's kind of like that. It's a drug. I've talked about it before. Light box food is a drug. Light box food is a drug. Is it a necessary drug for some people given their lives to come home and eat junk food because it makes them feel better and get to get to like have a little bit of a break? Yeah. I'm not going to knock anybody for that. Are you kidding me? I'm drinking a beer right now. Jeez. I'm not going like, to knock anybody. I'm just saying, listen to what I have to tell you. And when you learn how to look into moments, when you learn how to grab moments is when you find out, hey, you know what? I seem to be light box food in it a lot. And it's really not serving me anymore. I'm actually not in better shape now. I'm actually not happy now. So let me ease my way in in a step that says, let me undo this and find solutions that are more long-term and better. We we often, and again, it's, there's not a fault. And I really want to be clear. It's not me just being like hippy-dippy about it. No, man, it's all good. But it really is the truth because I'm living this myself. It's when things are not going well for us mentally or physically, we often, are, our instinct is to look to the job, to the spouse, to the children, to the commute, to and just be like, that's why. And I think what I'm seeing, in at least in the questions again in smallsteppers.com and, and the feedback I get from you guys as well, is I'm seeing this quicker jump to, let me look in first. There could be things outward that are, of course, adding, I mean, jobs are outward, but yet how we take care of ourselves and craft our own lives affects how we are when we walk in the door of our jobs. So it's not like I'm going, don't worry about any of that stuff. You don't need to change any of that stuff. You don't need to tackle anything in the world. I'm just saying that's secondary. I'm just saying the instinct of the small stepper, and this is a in training in and of itself, this is a practice in and of itself, is to immediately go, this is not working for me. What can I do about this for me first? Before we look out elsewhere, before we look outside at all, even to our spouse, we go first, let me, what's going on here? And over time, we also learn how to be, like I said before, objective and honest enough with ourselves to go, man, I'm not doing this thing well. And this is how it is affecting me. And it's hard to communicate. I had this recently, like, I'm sometimes irritable. Look, I know you guys think I'm perfect. I've got the perfect hair. I've got the whole, I've got it dialed in. Look, that's just the People Magazine me. But for the real me on this podcast, not on the cover of People, sometimes Rolling Stone, but the real me, I can be irritable. I can be sort of biting. And Lisa gives me crap about it. She's like, you're being like super cutting right now. Like that's the thing, because I'm stressed. And it's so, it's easy to talk about like, just look in and just change your, opinion of, you know, just change yourself. But it, it is, I don't know how to describe it, but it's this thing of like, you don't want to be, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want it to be about me. But at the same time, I freaking know better. I know that it is about me. And that is the struggle. And that is the struggle that again, leads to such an amazingly fulfilling life is to finally get on top of that stuff and to go like, yeah, maybe I'm not the only one. And you know, I'm in a relationship. So Lisa and I talk about this and we have this discussion of like, okay, but that's me and I did that for sure. Got it. But then you reacted this way and we kind of work these things out. We have a 23 year, 23 year marriage. Like there's things that come up. But is it is the success of this marriage that is predicated on our ability to notice things about ourselves and also then be able to communicate in a respectful way the things that are not about ourselves. And this goes for work colleagues and friends and family of any kind beyond just your spouse. This is one of the major points of the of the approach that I advocate 
and crafted, which is to be number one, able to have the time because you know how to find it now to look inward, but also the honesty and the objectivity to know what you can do for yourself in, and then in relationship to everything else in your world, that it comes from you first, not only, but first. Dig? Okay. We, we are so quick to be like, no, it's all 100% them. And especially when there's emotion tied to it and we're, and we're wrapped up in this and, we're, and we're, we didn't sleep well. And we, it just can't, we can't believe that it is us. We just cannot believe that it has anything to do with us. I mean, at all, it's like 100% the other person. It's the 100% the job. That's the thing, the job. It has nothing to do with me. And how weird and yet how empowering and awesome it is to know that it is about us every freaking time. And how we can then have a method. I'm going to say my small steps approach, but I'm sure there's other methods out there. They just suck. They just they just suck. No, I'm just kidding. I don't I don't know. I'm not I can't speak to anything else other than what I have crafted because that's what I know and that's what I've spent. You talk about 10,000 hours, way more than that thinking about this thing every week is how do I communicate this in a way that says you guys try this because it's I'm starting to see this, you know, I'm getting emails from people in the program saying I found myself doing this and then I didn't beat myself up about it. That literally makes me float. I mean, I float. I'm off the ground by three feet because I'm going, this person is seeing themselves for the first time in their lives or or maybe not for a while and and the, the stupid voice in their head that judges them and criticizes them is just shutting the hell up for a second. And they're getting this moment of peace and it's like the best thing ever. I mean, it's the best thing ever, right? Okay. Um, what am I talking about here? What I'm talking about is, mm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump in and talk to Jen, uh, before I just, it's like a quick conversation we had about her because, and her husband, so Jen and Barry Jones Horton, their last name is hyphenated. I mean, that's already a, a cut against them. I and that's ridiculous. They are, Barry was the head chef at the Stanford Inn years ago when I first started at the Stanford and he was the head chef there. And we became friends, and they actually lived on my property, and they got married on my property. They apparently like my property. I don't even know. All I'm saying is they eventually left and had a dream of starting a a restaurant, which they did. And it's just amazing to see these things come to fruition. If you think this is unrelated to me putting this book out into the world, you're wrong because it's a whole, this whole idea. And I I love talking to people. And so I said to them, why don't you, they put out a cookbook, self put it out busted their ass. It looks super cool. And I said, come jump on. Let me have a quick conversation with you. And it turned out to be a very interesting conversation about just the struggle of this and the responsibility when you have this kind of stuff on your shoulders. Now you're not an employee, you're an employer and you want to do things right. They do anyway, they want to do things right. And they're up against these kinds of, you know, like Jen says, like big box stores and and these kinds of ideas of like, I've had all this money behind it. Well, here's this little bistro. And they're just trying to create an example. And that's so does Stanford Inn, right? We're trying to do things in a different way that is that is what we feel the right thing to do. Not because somebody else told us, but because we believe this is the right thing to do. And so I asked her, I said, come on and have a little discussion with me about your lives now. You're, you're balancing jobs and kids and you're running this little bistro, uh, just spending a ton of hours and, and, and how it has to be a labor of love for them to kind of eke out the happiness. And, and I hope that they're uh, doing it. But anyway, on occasion, and I've now announced it on this thing, Barry and I will do a, a nutrition slash cooking uh, class down at the restaurant. And I'm probably going to be down there. She said she was going to email me um, pretty soon to do a little book signing 
for the new book. So if you're in the Berkeley area, anyway, sanctuarybistro.com. But here's Jen Jones Horton. We had a, sh- a short little conversation. It's super cool. I'm going to jump back in and finish this episode. Boom. Jen Jones Horton, Sanctuary Bistro. Be yelling. It is crazy. Um, and, and I, you know, you guys put out this very cool cookbook and beyond that though, is what is interesting. Well, what's cool to me is that, well, first of all, the only reason I'm interviewing you is because you got married on my land. Otherwise this would not be happening. <laughs> you were my friend and my landlord. <laughs> I was my friend any and, better than that. And by the way, that describes 94% of my relationships with people. <laughs> I am, they're both their friends and their landlords. Um, anyway, but I wanted to have, have you, you on and to talk about the That's cookbook. Well, yeah, I know. But I also want to, um, I just, it's just such a cool thing that, because for, I probably, well, I'll tell you, I introed you, I will have introed you on this podcast. And so people know a little bit about you guys, but, um, and how we met at the Stanford Inn and stuff, but how you guys have, have done this cool thing, which is to chase your dream and, and, and open this cute little restaurant, which I hear always good things about. And I always tell people about, if you've been to Berkeley, have you been to Sanctuary Bistro? And they're like, oh my gosh, great, I'll go, you know? So it's, it's very cool. And, and just to watch you guys do it, but... Um, as I focus on a lot in my podcast is the struggle associated with doing anything that is important to you. And, and you guys are juggling kids and you um, tell me a little bit about this, the picture of your life right now. Is it, is it, is it, what are the struggles that come with it? Is it wonderful for the most part, but is it like tough? And do you sometimes go, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, I sit on a beach drinking my ties most of the time, but um, there's an occasional moment where um you know, we Barry works 85 hours a week, and I parent two children and work between, you know, about 50 hours a week. And so we have a crazy life. So sometimes there are some things that get let go. So you have to decide what right now um, you're going to do. So um, that might look like... Um, you know, if if a friend wants to hang out with me, sometimes it's at 8.30 and we have a glass of wine. Or um, last night we had date night with the kids. So we, we build in time. For the most part, it's awesome. There are days when you're like, oh, my God, it's a marathon every single day for the rest of our lives. But um, but we did it. And it feels so good to have accomplished something like that. Do, do you now with – I mean, it's such a change. And, I you know, obviously, you know I manage and and, and – and when you shift from and Barry, you know, when Barry was head chef at the inn, it was he, he managed people. But there's certainly a, it's a different animal when you are the owner of the company, when the pressure of the success of the company falls on you guys. Um, how was that tris- transition for you m- mindset wise? Um, well, you 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 look back at all your jobs in the past and you're like, oh, I get it now. Um, so that is something that you do you know, your mind shifts a little bit in that way when you become the owner and your whole life is dependent on the success of the business. Um, Because everything, when you're a small family business, what people don't always realize, because right now we're in this really big, big, well, not to use your words, but big box world where we have these like Targets and Walmarts and Sadly, our little shop, those are our competition, these really big commercial companies that do everything super fast, can have a million staff, and um, my point, coming back to it, because I can't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> it, was like, it was like the mindset of being an owner, you know, the oh, pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard interacting with the world 
because they forget that we're not those things. Um, because we're a fam small family business, we're really close with our staff. We have a really small, tight staff, and we're close. But because we're small and tight, there are things that come up um, in that. And so if somebody calls in sick, we're short-staffed. There's nothing to do about it. And so when you come to eat on that day, we could be short-staffed. And it's not because we're like, let's make this a racket today. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just so-and-so is out sick. So that can be, you know, harder because we're competing against companies that never have that issue. They have so many staff members. They can just reconfigure, <clears throat> excuse me, their, their world. So things like that can be a challenge. But the other part, the other side of it is that we're a small, close, tight-knit family. Um, we celebrate birthdays together. We have built-in friendships right there. And even though we don't all, we're not, all exactly the same and um, maybe not always together, but we're all love each other and support each other. So it feels really nice to be a part of that. And I, but I do know that, I mean, you guys, even though you're in a bigger place than we are, the Stanford Indian way is, is, you know, it is hard to find good people too. And I know that Barry's had a hard time. One time I was there teaching a, we did one of those cooking nutrition classes that are so fun at your, at your, at your, at your restaurant. And, Barry had just done like 55 dinners and literally by himself. And I go, wait, like, what do you mean? He goes, no dishwasher, no prep, no salad person, no entree. Like I did the entire night. And I was like, that is beyond, like he, he was feeling it, you know? Well, to put it into perspective, yesterday, Barry did 130 for brunch by himself. So it's amazing. Um, one of the one of the problems that we have is space. The other problem that is, um, you know, a Bay Area issue is that the cost of living is so high, um, and the willingness to spend on a meal is so low that it's very hard to make them match. So if you want to hire quality employees, we have to have a small amount of employees and pay them well. And if we want to add employees and pay them well, we have to raise our prices to a price that people aren't necessarily because we don't really understand the real cost of food. Yeah. Um, and so that's really difficult. We Our prices are really low. Our margins are really, really small. And people don't always get that. They think our prices are high. We pay more. Our full-time employees get health insurance. Um, we do a lot for our, our employees and our staff. And that comes at a cost and people aren't really necessarily willing to spend more on their meal just because we're doing good for our employees. Yeah, and that makes it really, really hard in hiring somebody because um, you can't always offer what you want. Yeah, this is I mean, this is a constant thing at the end, too, because and this is, you know, this totally relates to just the things that I discuss and talk about in this podcast, just just this kind of um the the easiest thing to do, in other words, it, the the struggle. There's a struggle associated with doing things well, and there's a struggle associated with you know people complain like, oh, it's so healthy. It's sorry, it's so expensive to eat healthy. It's like, well, no, it's not because you're getting more for your money. It costs more, like a Porsche costs more than a Chevy Nova, but you're getting a Porsche. It's not apples to apples. So sometimes people come to the inn and they're like, you know, your food's really expensive, and you're like, really, because it's all organic. And right. it's really good and really good high quality ingredients. So you're comparing it to the steakhouse in town that serves crappy food. Yeah, we charge a little bit more, but you're getting more. So I'm not, it's weird to say it's expensive when you're actually getting more. But this speaks to the larger issue, which is 
this is a trade-off. I mean, this is when you want to live well, you ha- it you have to engage on that level and say, yeah, it's worth it because there's a lot of things worth me spending my money on in this way versus this way. But that is a cultural ethic that is, like you said, the big box stores um, are and are creating this kind of artificial cheapness to things and this expectation that everything should be really, really cheap. And it's like, well, wait a second, not if you want quality. And that's just what it is. The problem also is, well, there's two things. You know, we've chosen to be an ethical business. So we're a niche market. Um, And a large portion of our clientele are not vegan. They're super excited. They want to eat healthy. Um, And that is so cool. But it's a niche market. So you have to attract in the clientele. But the other, everything we get, you know, being organic, um, having all compostables, you know, from start to finish, spices, oil, everything being organic. Um, and then we're competing against companies that buy foods that are subsidized. So you can get corn but for pennies in some places. And then we're buying organic corn, non-GMO, and it's $10 million. I mean, I think I just wrote a check for $10 million yesterday. <laughs> you probably did. The little the little Sanctuary Beast shows, just your overhead is eight, $18 million a year, which is really crazy. Um, it is totally crazy. But people don't realize what overhead looks like. Um, you know, PG&E, it's insane. A restaurant is open. They're like, oh, we can save you money. You just have to turn your lights off in peak hours. I was or you have to not use your stoves during peak hours. I'm like, that's so helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the struggle. So the bigger the bigger picture is, um, it's got to be worth it. You got to remember most more often than not that it is worth it. But you look what you guys have done, and look what you've done to show your kids that you know how cool of a thing that you're chasing your passion and, and made this thing a reality. And it was very cool to, to for me to see too. And now. You've got this cookbook. This is the Sanctuary Bistro Cookbook, which um, I shot a little video, um, which before we started the interview, which was uh, which will be on my next YouTube video. But it looks like it's this cool um, kind of beat up um, composition book, which I love because I, I love those old school composition books. And that's actually Barry's notebook that he writes all his recipes in. Oh, all his kidding. secrets are in that actual notebook. We oh, that's even better. I didn't even know that. And I, you know, and I blurbed the book and it's a super cool book. And I think it's really representational of, of just this cool family struggling startup business, although you've been out at it a few years now, but still just kind of this little cool, you guys did a great job on the inside of the restaurant. It's super cool. I love coming down there and doing those classes with with Barry. We always have a really good time. And I think you've created a really nice community down there. Thank you. And yeah, you guys, you guys do like art, art showings and things. You got, you're like very involved in the community, which I really love too. Describe a little bit about that stuff. Yeah. Um. So our for art showings, we every three months we have a rotating artist, which is really exciting. So we get to showcase different local artists of like varied genre, and we do Monday night community nights. We showcase different local small businesses, anything from realtors to pot growers and everything in between. And um, to help, it's it's hard to be a small business in today's world. And so we wanted to help put the name out for other businesses in the community. And then we do Sunday night benefit dinners once or twice a month. And so we raise, um, we have a prefix meal, 30% is donated right there to the local nonprofit. And then we follow up with a blog on them. And our blog actually gets like 
I don't know, 4,000 hits a month, which is insane. Um, and so we're so lucky. So that gets some additional um, coverage to the local nonprofits. And then um, we're just trying to speak up and out about being kind in our community, stepping up for each other, trying to help out. It's a little bit, um, people are coming in feeling a little darker and a little sadder, and we're trying to, you know, talk about getting together and being together as a collaborative team that we can make this world better. It is better. There are good people. We just need to connect more. And I think that's such a cool thing. I talk about technology a lot in the social media and I, 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 this is so not a study and not, you know, I can't even, this is a, a, a guess, but it seems to me that there's somewhat of a backlash now to the, to the, such of the craziness of social media that I think people are really feeling the, the, the lack of literally physical connection of being with somebody physically. And, and I think that places like you, what you guys are doing there recaptures that feeling that we can, we can, we can so-called socialize on social media, but there's nothing like having a, the local place to show up, be in person and, and experience these things and kind of share ideas and support and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's just super cool what you guys are doing. And I, you know, I'm always there to support you guys because I think it's an awesome, awesome thing. So tell tell everybody how they can get your cookbook and where they can find you guys. Obviously, if they're in Berkeley, they're going to go to right to the restaurant. But for people who aren't in Berkeley, how do they hear about you guys? Um, you can go to our website, which is www.sanctuarybistro.com, and then just click on the top link for the store. You'll see our our cookbook in there if you want to get our cookbook. Um, you can also, if you're in the area or if you're coming to visit, um, we want, we would love you to come and stop by. You can check out our upcoming events. We are always supporting our local community. And if you know of any nonprofits that need our support, give us a shout too. And you guys are, but you guys are on like, like Instagram, like what, what is all that through Sanctuary Bistro? That's just the best way to find it. Yes. Um, yes. Instagram, you can... Our handle is Sanctuary Bistro. I'm on Facebook under Sanctuary Bistro as well, although Instagram I'm probably the best at keeping up with. Yeah, that's most people these days. And what about your blog is on SanctuaryBistro.com? It's all, yep, SanctuaryBistro.com. Cool. Everything is connected. You can find everything. You can see our latest menus, our wine pairings. We have an awesome wine list, all California wines except for one and all family businesses it's so cool and they can order the cookbook that's the best place to go is through your website through our website yes okay. or if you're in the stanford inn which is amazing by the way they have some copies too. yes we yes we do well this is awesome jen and um i hope to come down and do a thing i got you know i got my book coming out so maybe we should we should put together a parenting healthy families thing of thing of a jig I was going to email you about that because a book signing. Let's do that. That'll be super fun. And I can't wait. I, it's always fun to see you guys and your awesome kids. And, and so I will be down soon. Good luck with the cookbook and everything you do. And we will see you soon. All right. Jen Jones Horton and Barry Jones Horton. Huh? Too bad Barry couldn't be there. But, you know, he's working, you know, freaking 85 hours a week. I love when I can help a buddy out and uh, support what they're doing. I have had that <clears throat> obviously happen to me, and it's nice to be able to, to uh, you know, push that forward or pay it forward, as the movie says. And so back to business, you guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so related to the work that I do here, it's, which, is, which is finding and knowing how to chase your passion, and this was not overnight for them. It was, it was struggle, and it was planning, and it was risk. And look what's happened. You know, they've manifested this whole thing. And 
I hope that um, anybody, including them, you know, want, finds there is this possibility that as we embark upon things that we realize this isn't what we want to do. And, and it, there's only one way to know that. And in that is to dive in and eventually maybe they go, we want to do something else. And I hope they have the freedom. Now they've got this arsenal of experience to say, um, you know, we know what it takes to do this and to find out. And now, because, because we've done this before, we can do this again. We can now say, well, this is our next passion and this is our next struggle. And this is our next hard work. To, to find this next thing. And we're open to all these amazing things. And I was thinking about this in the last Small Steppers Q&A is there was an, for whatever reason, when I moved to this um, line of work that I do now, which I've been doing for almost 10 years, um, it caught me at an, at, a, at an obviously an open place. Whatever, whatever that means, I don't know. It wasn't like, I'm going to try to be open now. And so here's what I'm going to do. It was just a way of living that when this presented itself, it felt, again, what I start this episode, it felt right. It was this feeling of like, this is it. I got it. One of the questions I got recently at the Q&A was, how do you, I, I can't find what I'm passionate about. And my answer to that was, you're looking too hard. Instead, again, turn in and say, who am I really? Get in more in touch with that person, learn how to, how to, how to steal moments. And all of a sudden, things present. And it's just that if there is magic, that's what that is. And I don't know. I can't figure it out. I don't even know. I don't care. I, I really don't care. I just want people to, to get to the place where these things present themselves. And then they are in a place such that they can then pursue when it happens. So what is it enough in us? What is that thing in all of us? And I always say, I don't change people. I don't try to make people into new people. I try to help people become who I believe they already are. That's not a gimmick, not a tagline. I think when you can calm everything down and say, what do I really want? And I've been afraid to even ask. And I feel locked in by all the things I've been doing. So the idea of asking what I really want is I, I don't want to go, oh, I don't want to open that bag. It's Pandora's box. I don't, I don't want to open it. And I say, open it. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that once you open it, you have to then change everything overnight. Hence the small steps. It's a protective measure to say, it's good to know. Regardless of whether you, you ever get there or do it, it's good to know because there's other ways you can build your life that d don't necessarily mean shutting your life down or quitting your job or whatever. But I think the knowledge is good because I think it's there anyway. And I think that when you hide it and push it down, it keeps things trapped. It keeps your desire and your passion trapped. The title of this episode is called The Force Awakens. And this is exactly the what I'm talking about here. This is the force. This is the, I've talked about it before, the, the fight, getting the fight back in you or what I would say more, what I think more accurately, bringing the fight out. But for what? Not to push forward or to be a glutton for punishment or just willpower through stuff. But it, it's a fight to say, I'm living my life now on my own terms or more on my own terms today than I was yesterday and so on and so forth. It's the force that is in, in us and this is a Star Wars thing and whatever. I'm not a freaking sci-fi nerd, tell you that much. But do I think there's a force in all of us? Yes, I do. And the thing that I was talking about earlier in this episode of that turns me on is when I, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing somebody feel that 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 what they're doing is the right thing for them and, and, and to the depth of their soul and i can feel it i feel it i i i mean i know you do too when you see somebody in the zone it's like a this is the relational aspect of the human species this is the the part of us that really does 
relate to people, each other on a physical, visceral level is when we feel that for ourselves. And when we see somebody else in that zone, it turns us on. That's what I was thinking the other day. Like, you know, there's all these amazing ultra athletes. And I, I wonder why sometimes like we're so attracted to that, even though for most people, like the idea of running, you know, 150 mile race isn't really in our cards. We don't even have really a desire, but there's a fascination with it a little bit. And I think that there's a fascination because I think deep down in us, each of us, there's this, this force within us that says, that wants to come out and see what we can do. It may not be 150 mile, but we want to see what we can do. I talked about a couple of weeks ago, the, the uh, MDT, the minimized daily testers that are small steps. It is this, and I'm here, I'm here, I'm, I'm here. I, I, am, I know my life is uh, regimented and I know it's routine, but each little step I do, each little, min, each little small step I have on my list and each little thing I do is, it, is, it, is a little test that I'm here, a little check-in. I'm here. haven't lost myself. That's the force, you guys. That's the thing in us. And I think ultra-endurance sports are amazing and, and it's incredible and I'm fascinated that people can do what they can do. The human achievement is incredible. And yet... What I really believe, and this is for real, is that it takes more gumption and more force and more strength to eke out a, a, a good life, not, not to do a race. That's amazing and it's incredible and it takes a ton. I've done races that I can't even believe I look back and I can't believe I've done them. And that's fed into what? Into the entirety of my life. I do those things, but I do them in context because I want to know what I can do because I know how it relates. I don't go, I did that 50 miler. Now I'm just going to think about that every day and talk to everybody about the fact that I did a 50 miler. That's really not, it's, it's about, it's, it's a step along the way. It's a way to open and awaken this force in me over and over again via my small steps, but also sometimes larger comparatively things like the ultra marathons I've done or writing a book for that matter or launching smallsteppers.com. Things that are attaching me to the force that is inside of me, to the strength that is inside of me. And I think we often go to the sort of ultra athlete kind of model to go, or whatever it is, the CEO or the Kardashian, you know, super wealthy or whatever those things are. And we lose sight of the fact that I think it's more difficult by far to fly under the radar, to, to craft a life that is on your terms that sometimes bucks the idea of society that, that society has of what is successful to say, I'm not going to get swept into money because that's, I know better that, that that's a side effect and that's great. And I hope I earn a, lot, a bunch of money, but that's not really where my life lies. That's not where my happiness lives. And I understand that for myself and as tempted as I am and to have an income that I can then talk to the world and say, look how much money I make. I know freaking know better. And the you that knows better is that force. That is the thing that is awakening in us as we bring ourselves into ourselves, as we begin to make little actions, again, minimize daily testing, MDT, in our lives, to put ourselves to the test in ways that we don't have to upset. Small steppers understand that what awakens the force in us is that, when, is that we act first. We, we act, we immediately, act. it's like a such a, maybe not first, but like multi, a thousandth of a second after we find something that we want or we understand the ideal life we want to live. We don't mess around at that point saying, I have to know more for the next three years before I act. That's just keeping the force at bay. We're just pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down, 
It never comes out. And yet what we do instead is we say, this sounds fun. This is something I want for myself, eating better, moving my body, socializing. This art thing sounds fun. I've always wanted to learn the guitar. I don't have to read every book about how to play guitar. I'm going to start playing guitar. And I'm going to do it in a way that is right in that zone of adaptive stress. Like I said, I'm going to get the guitar and I'm just going to do five minutes a week. And in that five minutes is the power in us. In that five minutes is this thing where we are acting immediately and we have begun fighting for our lives. That's actually how I see it. This is not a joke. I believe that we are fighting for our lives. And we can either say that fight, I, I, can't, I can't afford that fight because I have things that I have. I have responsibilities and obligations. I have things that I am supposed to do and I'm obligated to do. I have to go to work and I have to commute and I have to be there for my spouse in the way that I've already defined myself in that context and or been defined in that context and as a parent and everything else. Or I can start fighting for my life. Or I can start acting in ways that don't upset all the stuff we think we got to do. Fine, got it. I'm not going to touch that for now. But I'm going to start small stepping in a way moments, no matter how busy I am, 100 hours a week. Barry works 85 hours a week. He's got time to take deep breaths. I guarantee it. I don't know. I don't, he's not, I'm not working with him. I have no idea if he values that thing in the way that I do. But I'm telling you, and I'm being, it's like this thing where I like, I knew I was right. And now I'm being proven that I was right. Because I'm hearing the response of people that are listening to this podcast and watching my videos that they're grabbing these moments and they are awakening that force within them that says, oh, wait a second here. I don't have to spend and expend all this energy keeping this thing at bay, keeping it from coming out. We don't, sometimes we think we don't want it to come out because there are things about our lives and maybe our jobs and our families that we love and it's great. And we think, I don't want to touch it. I can't, I can't upset this. I don't want to upset it. And I'm saying, I agree, you shouldn't upset it. But bringing in little things into your life day to day that awaken this force in you, not only does, it does two things. One, it introduces you to other things that you don't have to upset the other stuff. But it also, because you're being introduced to new things, you're, you're, you're happier, you're healthier, you've, you're more powerful, and that improves the other things. It improves the job. It improves the family. It improves all the routines that you do because you're bringing another aspect of you back into the mix. And that aspect of you is this strength and this power and this force that is awakened. How do you wake it up? You wake it up by acting. You don't read about it. You don't wait around about it. You act immediately. And then maybe find out new stuff as you go, but you act. You don't wait. And you also trust me with this assumption that it's there in you already. I'm so tired of this like, I can't do, oh, I'm not going to be, I don't want to do yoga. I'm not good at it. I. It, it, we are constantly selling ourselves short. We are... We are stopping in our tracks because of a perceived big chance of failure when we don't even understand the nature of what failure is, which is, and this is going to be trite and it belongs on a freaking poster, but failure is not doing anything in the first place. And the reason why there are things like posters with a freaking, you know, chickadee in a freaking white towel sitting on a back of a freaking llama, I don't look, I am not, a, I don't make posters. I'm just saying that's probably a poster out there like that that says you can never succeed if you don't try. But the reason is because there are truths to these things which are great on a poster, but we, again, we get swept up into the madness. We don't really think deeply enough about those things. But the fact of the matter is that when we do not act, we keep this force within us at bay and we keep it squelched. And it takes an amazing amount of energy to bring to hide this, 
It takes an amazing amount of energy to compartmentalize this. It takes an amazing amount of energy to act like this is not there. But I'm here to tell you that it is. I'm not here to tell you this like a rah-rah, you guys, just do it, man, just do it. I'm here to tell you that when you accept this reality about yourself, it does not open up a life of ease, and it does not open up a life of now it's all going to fall into place because I realize I've got the force. It's that that's when the work begins. That's when the actual work and struggle begins, but you're in a different place because you realize that that's what it is. That is the struggle. And if there were no struggle, you wouldn't be getting to the thing I'm talking about. But you're at the point where you want the struggle. You're at the point where you want the discomfort. It doesn't make it feel better. And this is weird. I've talked about just this weird place where you don't want to feel comfortable, but you know that that's necessary and you're, and you're not a victim any longer in your own life. The force is there because you are living your life on your terms. And things could work out. But even if they don't, you don't care. That's amazing. Why? Because you've done the things that, you are set, that you're setting out to do. You are fighting for your life. For real. Nobody is too busy to fight for their lives. Nobody has too many obligations and routines to not fight for their life. The force, force awakens when you understand that reality. And also the fork awakens. I mean, honestly, right? But for real. The force awakens. When you realize that there is struggle and there is discomfort, and when you understand that, you are able to let that thing come out of you, that strength and that power, and it is real, and it's fight. It's the fight. We, we are so distracted and so easily. We have so many things at, at our disposal to distract us and keep things at bay, okay, we'll kick it down the road. I'll do that next week. I'll do that next month. I'll do that next year. Once I get this point, then I will do this thing. Once I get a new job, then I will start eating better. Once I have a new man, then I'm going to start going to the gym. But it, that generally does not work and makes us feel like things are not right. You want to know what the force is? The force is that part of us in us that f- when we do something in line with who we are, that feeling, that's the force. That's how I define it. it is that thing that is so beyond words and feel so right that we don't question it because we just know. We just know. And that's the fight in us that then gets addictive in that way and moves us into continuing those acts to continue that improvement in our lives and continue living life on our terms. Nobody is rules but ours. That's when the force awakens. All right, you guys. I want you to fight for your lives. I really do. I want you to fight for your lives. And if I can play any small part of that to get you guys fighting and really what that means. And this isn't rah, rah. This isn't 21 days. This is the, what I really think is more difficult than any ultra marathon ever, which is how to craft an everyday life, how to craft a life every day without this special little goals that you kick into the marathon and the this and the that, but the every day that takes more energy and more focus and more engagement than any race or set kind of thing would ever be. Those are one day. An ultra marathon is a day. Training up to it a few months, six months, who cares? This is your every day. It takes so much more fight, so much more fight. And we can no longer kick this down the road and say, I'll deal with it tomorrow because we won't deal with it tomorrow. We really, really won't. We can deal with it today and we cannot be stressed out by dealing with it today if we understand the nature of what it takes to create long-term change, which is to bring in just enough 
to continue and create to create momentum and continue momentum. That's the name of the game, you guys. That's why I come here every week. Dig? All right, you guys. Thank you for joining me once again. And um, if you have any questions or comments or whatever, podcast at SidGarzaHillman.com, podcast at SidGarzaHillman.com. If you're in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Tampa Bay, Florida, or uh, Sedona, you come by and say hello, will you? I really dig that. And it was so nice to be in North Carolina and have people come up to the table and go, I listen to your podcast. I read your book. It's like, great. It's, that's the thing, right? It's, we're still humans, you guys. We're not artificial intelligence yet. All right. And until that time, we got to relate to each other and support and help each other and be there for each other and relate in a way that is deep and meaningful and gets us off our figurative butts and into our lives in a very, very big way. I'll be here next week for episode 208. You guys are awesome. In the meantime, will you do me a favor? You will? Oh, awesome. Great. Be well. I drank you a whiskey, but it left me undrunk. I climbed with the serpent to see what I'd done. I rose past the roses, bloomed brighter than the sun. I wished up some wishes, I thought you would be gone. So where are you now, with things to be said? And the days huddled in Cause I'd have followed you Way out of here Cause I'd have followed you Way out of here A love from the wonder Found a way clear If through the worst offered the drowned in a tear I draw myself bravely but sometimes act from fear So I slide from a rail and let go all that's dear Way